we just want to thank you for this time together. Lord, we want to take the opportunity that we can worship you freely right where we're at. Father, you are so deserving of our worship and our love. Father, you save us in ways we can't even see. Father, you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us on the cross. Lord, we want to just honor you this day, for you are so worthy to be praised, Lord. May we honor you, Father, in this place today. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world, Father God. Right now, even we say we decide to take this time and give you the worship you are so worthy of. Father, we just want to praise your name this day. Lord, draw the people in, Father, from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Draw them to you by your precious spirit. Lord, we want to thank you for all that you do for us every day, Lord. We just worship you and praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to say a happy Mother's Day to all the ladies who are here and who are watching. Um, please lift up our sister Becky. She is sick this morning, and we were wanting to honor her, so we're going to still honor her when she's not here. Sister Becky is a great blessing to this church. She does a lot behind the scenes, and she never asks for any you know, rewards or anything like that. She's rather shy about even being acknowledged, but I want to be just lift up to God. Thanks to for Sister Becky. She is a blessing to our church. You know, the pastor does a lot of the preaching teaching, but when he gets calls, like I called him last night for a serious prayer request, and I know she starts praying with him. We are very blessed to have our pastor and our sister Becky. Amen. So re reach out to the Lord on her behalf today as she is sick. Um, I, I want to share with you Proverbs 31. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And again, I wish she was here because this is Sister Becky. There's nothing that she doesn't do for people. You know, she will help in any way, shape, or form that she can. And so as you come to do the tithes and offering, again, we're going to pray for all those who are sick and not with us. Um, remember Sister Shelley. Um, this is her first Mother's Day without her son, and that was her only child. So let's keep her really in prayer today as well. Father God, we are so thankful that you, Father, are our everything that we need, and you always provide and bless. Father, I thank for the moms of this church, from Sister Becky, Father, she is such a blessing. Again, we pray for her healing. Lord, bless her, Lord, as she has done so much for you and for us. Lord, bless your daughter, I pray. Bless all the mothers in this place. Um, from Sister Laverne, Lord, bless her abundantly, Father, and healing in her body. Bless all those who are here and watching. Lord, we are thankful for our mothers and the daughters for which we would not be moms without them. I thank you for every young and old woman in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that you bless this offering abundantly. Use it for the furthering of your kingdom. Anoint pastor to preach this word as you have, have given it to him. 
And again, we just thank you, Father, for you do so much for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What a blessing. I know if my wife was here today, she would be greatly honored and blessed by that uh, gesture and that kind um, appreciation that uh, you have shown to her. And we appreciate that very much. Let me also say Happy Mother's Day as well to all of you moms out there. Uh, I saw that uh, all of you moms had received a uh, beautiful rose and uh, I hope that uh, you will be blessed today. Uh, all of you sons and daughters, uh, let me encourage you. I'm glad you are here uh, to give honor and uh, let me encourage you to continue to honor your mom, not just on Mother's Day, but also throughout the year. So, uh, mothers are truly a blessing. And um, in fact, I'm gonna be talking this morning on the importance of a mother's presence. The importance of a mother's presence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning that we can give honor to where honor is due. Lord, that we can bless the moms who have given so much to each one here in this house. Lord, I ask you now, anoint the word, anoint the messenger, anoint every ear to hear what you want to say today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. I want to take my text this morning from Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. And I'll begin with verse number 2 of Acts chapter number 1. And I'm going to ask this morning if you will bear with me. Growing uh, going to seminary school, they, they said, you know, you don't want to read much more than 10 verses. You intend to lose interest. But if you will bear with me, please, I, I need to read all the way through uh, today, uh, at least down through verse number 14. So, will I, will I have your permission today to read a little bit over the, the typical 10 minimum let me read a few more for you, and I'll read from 2 through 14 of Acts chapter 1. It says, Until the day in which he was taken up, he being Jesus, until the day he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Again, this is the author of, of Acts discussing Jesus and what Jesus had done 
following his crucifixion and resurrection. Verse 3, to whom also he, Jesus, showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, said he, said Jesus, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, and said to them, You men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? <laughs> the same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven should so come in like manner as you have seen him go. So, verse 12. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where they abode, both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. I want to talk about the importance of a mother's presence. We have in the book of Acts a man by the name of Luke, who, by the way, also wrote the gospel according to Luke. And Luke is now writing this letter that we call the book of Acts, or the Acts of the Apostles. Luke writes this, and he writes this to a man named Theophilus, as he describes to him all of the events that occurred following the passion of Jesus Christ. Passion being the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord. 
And Luke writes this treatise, this letter, this book, in order to describe all of the events. And one of the first things he begins to describe is the beginning of the church. What a great place to start. Where the church began. Because if you want to write to a person about how the Lord Jesus Christ was able to, through just a few people, change the entire world as we know it. The best place to start is with the church. Because after all, it is to the church that Jesus Christ himself said, Behold, I am going to place you above the gates of hell. And you should have power and victory over even the gates of hell. Church, do you know that we have been given authority over all demonic forces in the world that we're living in? If I was preaching at the Pentecostal church, I'd get a whole lot more amens and hallelujahs right there. Maybe one day I will. The church has been given authority and dominion over the gates of hell. And so, what a better place to begin than with the birthplace of the church. And he begins by talking of Jesus and the first 40 days after his resurrection. And he says that Jesus preached the things of the kingdom for 40 days after his resurrection. He was seen by men, and in fact the scripture says in Acts chapter 1 that there were many infallible proofs. So Jesus, following his crucifixion and resurrection, didn't just immediately say, goodbye, hope y'all can make it. Hope y'all will be all right. Jesus was there for 40 days in the flesh, continuing to preach and teach the things of the kingdom. But there was coming a time when he was going to go away. But before he did, he said, I want you to do something for me. He said, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father, the promised Holy Spirit. In fact, this goes on to what the Lord even said in Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 verse 49, where he tells them specifically to wait Tarry, he says, in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Tarry in Jerusalem. Now, it is believed at this point in time that when Jesus spoke those words to the church, 
that there was above 500 people. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, Paul speaks about how there were five, above 500 people who were there when Jesus ascended in the glory. There were 500 people who heard Jesus' final in the flesh teaching, his last real words in the flesh to the church were wait until you be endued with power from on high. For John baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you should receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm trying to tell you, these were Jesus' last instructions pertaining to the kingdom of God that he gave to his people. His last instructions to the church was to, if you are going to make it, if you are going to succeed, and you will, if you will simply wait, Terry, for the promise of my Father, the endowment of power, so that you can receive power to be my witnesses. You need my spirit. That's essentially what Jesus' last instructions to the church were. You need my spirit. I believe if Jesus was to give to the church even right now today, any last words of instruction, any last words of wisdom, it would be not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It, it would be, you cannot do this on your own. Stop trying to accomplish everything on your own. I want to say this to all the mothers in the house this morning. Moms, it's time to stop trying to save your children on your own. It's time to stop trying to, to bring to the Deliver your children on your own. It's time to stop trying to raise up your children on your own. The Lord knows you can't do it by yourself. And that's why the Lord said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Mothers, you need the spirit of the living God. You need the Holy Ghost. Stop trying to make it on your own. Stop trying to figure it out by yourself. Moms, God did not want you to figure it out by yourself. That's why he said I will give you my spirit and with my spirit you shall accomplish all. Somebody give God some praise in this house. So we need the spirit of God. We need the spirit of God. But you should receive power. Notice that the disciples wanted to change the world. These 500 people, they wanted to change the world. That's why they even asked Jesus, Hey, Jesus, you're alive. 
You died at a cross, but now you're alive! What a powerful thing! Jesus, we can really, at this point in time, Lord, I don't know, I don't know if you realize this, Jesus, but this is a, this is a media frenzy show right here. I mean, you just died, you rose again. We got, we got all that we need right now, Jesus, to restore the kingdom. I mean, just go on the Maury Povich show and, woo, we're gonna, we're gonna change things around. How about we book you as a parent on the Today Show? That, that'll get things going. But Jesus said, you know, guys, it ain't for you to know the times or the seasons. When I'm going to do something, I'll do it. It's a little reminiscent of what the Lord said to Jeremiah. When he said, hey, buddy, your ways ain't my ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. So stop trying to figure me out. It ain't for you to know the times and the seasons of which the Lord has put into his own power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. Church, I believe that the Holy Spirit is real. I believe that the Holy Spirit is alive. I believe that the Holy Spirit is active. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving. I believe that the Holy Spirit is doing things even right now. I believe that the miraculous power that flows from the Holy Spirit has not ceased. I believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are still possible today. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still healing, is still delivering. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still casting out demons and devils. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still touching the hearts and minds of people. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still drawing people unto the Lord. I believe that we are not living in a day and age where the Holy Spirit has stopped and has relegated all of his power and authority just to uh, uh, some, some chosen elders and some chosen elect. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still wanting to fill all who come to him. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still wanting to use all who are willing to surrender to him. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still desiring to do something fresh in this last days. Is somebody with me this morning? I, that's why I want to say to the church one more time, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of the living God. Because 
as we continue seeing in this story, Jesus is no longer with us in the flesh. Jesus ascends. Jesus is no longer here in the flesh, in the body. But Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 26, he said, but when the comforter that I'm going to pray to the Father for, when he comes, he shall teach you all things. He shall lead you in all ways. I'm going to pray to the Father for the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to come and to lead you and teach you. Jesus is not alive. Can I say it again? Jesus is not a liar. Moms, I know you spend a whole lot of time praying. You spend a lot of time praying for your son, your daughter, your spouse, your family, your marriage. There's a whole lot of things, mom, that, that you spend time praying for. You spend time praying for your loved ones, your friends, you spend time praying for even the schools where your kids might go, where the workplaces where your kids might be at. You spend a lot of time praying, Mom. And sometimes you may feel like, oh, sorry about the back. Sometimes you may feel like you're praying all by yourself and no one is praying for you. But I just want to let you know right now Jesus Christ is not dead. Jesus Christ is alive. And the Bible says that he is even right now at the right hand of the throne of the Father interceding for you, which means he is praying for you. Moms, can I let you know right now, even when you feel like you're doing all the heavy lifting in prayer, even when you feel like you're doing all the praying by yourself, I want to let you know there is a... Father, there's a son up in heaven whose name is Jesus, and he is praying for you even right now. He's lifting you up in prayer to the Father. As you lift up your children, he's lifting you up. Hallelujah. You are not, you are not by yourself. Jesus is praying for you. Well, that's a great place to be encouraged. Jesus is praying for you. And what is he praying? He's praying that you should receive power. He's praying that you won't try to do it on your own. He's praying that he can help you. That he can strengthen you. Because Jesus is no longer here in the flesh, but he has given you his spirit. And he was taken up. And he told his disciples, I want you to go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So the disciples did that. 
they went back to Jerusalem. It's only a Sabbath day journey, which means it was very close. A Sabbath day journey, remember on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to do any work. A lot of travel, that's work. And if you've ever gone on a vacation, you know, traveling, <laughs> it's a lot of work. To the Jews, you weren't supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. And so there was a limited amount of distance they could travel. Roughly around half a mile or a mile. And so a Sabbath day journey means they were close. They went back to Jerusalem. They went into an upper room, it says in verse 13. And here is where I'm going to get to the main point of the message. Because all of you moms looking at me saying, Pastor, this is a Mother's Day sermon. What is Pentecost is next week. But here is the most important thing I see in this story. It says that they went to the upper room. And of course, in those days, they, Luke did what was custom. You always mention the men first. That was custom in those days. Ladies don't get offended by that. It was just that was the custom in those days. It does not imply that the men are any more important than the ladies. It was just the custom in those days. And so Luke did what he did, and he mentioned, so when they first got into the upper room, there were both Peter, and, and there was James, and there was, you know, uh, Judas, and, and all, the, all the rest of them listed there. And by rights, Luke should have stopped there. If he was really, truly following the custom of the day, there was no reason to mention any women. There was not necessary. In fact, we know that when Jesus fed the 5,000, the reality is, is that Jesus probably fed a whole lot more than 5,000 because the scripture says there's 5,000 men. So what makes that miracle really amazing is when you understand that chances are there was more than double that number. Because the women were not customary to be listed. Again, please ladies, don't, please don't be offended. That was just the season. That was the, the, the reality of the day. And so, by rights, Luke, in writing this treatise, this letter to Theophilus, he should have ended verse 14 with that these all, talking about Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Simon, Judah. I mean, he should have mentioned all of them and said, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, the end. 
And if he ended it right there, it would not have deduced much from the story. It would not have taken away much of what happened and what God did. In fact, it would not have taken away any of what God did. Because God was still going to do what God was going to do. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And guess what? God does not lie. He did. And he still is. He's praying for the Spirit to come and to fill your life for you to receive the Spirit of the living God and to be empowered by him. But Luke decides that there was a great necessity, a necessity that went beyond traditional norms, a necessity that went above customary written procedures of the day. When Luke continues with that sentence saying these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. Now, how many women were there in that upper room? The scripture actually never tells us. We really don't know. Many believe that, that possibly Mary Magdalene and Martha were part of that group. Many even believe that possibly the adulterous woman that was about to be stoned to death but saved by God, possibly she was in that group. Several other women may have also been included in this category of women that were there, but nonetheless, it was significant enough for Luke to say that not only were the disciples in that upper room, not only were all the men in the upper room, but the women were in the upper room. The ladies were in the upper room. And that tells me something very important. Are you ready? Is that ladies... You are crucial to the birth of the church. You are vitally important to the raising up and the building up of the kingdom of God. Don't let anyone tell you that you are not important to the church or that you are not important to the raising up and the building up of the kingdom of God. Because if Luke, from the very beginning of the kingdom, from the very beginning of the church, if Luke said, it is important enough for me not to end with just the men, but to say that the women were there in the prayer meeting, then ladies, it's time to have a prayer meeting. Ladies, it's time to get into prayer and supplication. Don't let just the men have all, have all of it. It's time 
for you ladies to begin to pray. It's time for you women to begin to seek God and let the kingdom of God be raised up through you because God has anointed you ladies in order to do something supernatural and powerful in these last days. Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. But Luke didn't stop there. I see that would probably be significant. It would probably be acceptable for Luke to say the men, all of these men and, and the women, I guess, they were, they were there too. Period. The end. That would have been acceptable. There was no reason to highlight any specific woman. There was no real necessity to mention anyone specific. Because again, it would not have changed what was happening in this season. God was still birthing the church God was still waiting to pour out the Holy Ghost in just 10 days from now. He was still waiting to fulfill all the promises and prophecy of both Isaiah 56, Isaiah 49, Joel chapter 2. God was still going to do what God said he was going to do because God is not a man that he can lie. God was wanting the church to be raised up. God was wanting the kingdom of God to grow. God was wanting to do something supernatural, something beyond expectation, something beyond human understanding. And when God was about to do something beyond human understanding, he wanted to make sure that the ladies were there. Can I tell you, ladies, again, God's not going to bypass you. When it comes to the outflow of the Holy Spirit and the miraculous glory of God in these last days, when it comes to that Shekinah anointing, when it comes to that empowering of the Spirit, ladies, God is not going to pass you by. But Luke decided, I have to mention somebody. I got to mention one more person. I got the men, Peter, James, John. I got Andrew. I even mentioned Bartholomew. He's not really that big of a guy, but I'll mention him anyway. Heck, I'll even mention Doubting Thomas. Remember Doubting Thomas? Unless I actually see the hole in his hand, I, I won't believe. Doubting Thomas. He even mentioned him. I'll mention all these guys. I'll mention the women. But then Luke decides it is crucial to the story. It is so vital 
to the story, I must mention somebody specifically. These all went into the upper room. They began to pray. They began to supplicate with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. You see, Luke decided it was crucially important. I must mention by name, and not just by name, but by her identity. Notice when he mentioned Peter, James, John, he just rattled off their names. He didn't, he didn't go into detail about Peter, uh, the, the disciple of the Lord that was close to him, that was there. He didn't go into detail about, about Bartholomew being the, 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 the one that was, you know, kind of questioning, or, or Thomas, the one that was doubting. And, I, mean, I mean, he didn't go into all of these identifying qualifications for the men. He just listed them by name. Peter, James, John, Philip, uh, you know, Bartholomew, Thomas. He just kind of mentioned them. But when it came to Mary, I got to make sure I let everyone know who she was. Because Mary was a mother. I don't think y'all just caught that. I said Mary was a mother. See, he didn't go into great deal about the other women. Potentially Martha, Mary Magdalene. He didn't go into great de detail about them or name them by name or identify them in any way, shape, or form, just the women. But when it came to Mary, I'm going to mention her identity because it's important to the story. Remember, the Holy Spirit doesn't say things because the scripture is written by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just say things just to kind of be a little add-on. Everything written is important. Can I say that again? Everything in this book is important. Because the scripture itself even says that the end will not come until every single word in this book is fulfilled. Not one jot or dot will go unfulfilled. And he says, these all continued with one accord in prayer, supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was vitally important to the story. Because it does not matter, can I say this? It does not matter how many great people you have in a church. Every church needs a mother. It does not matter how many great fathers you have in a family. Every family needs a mother. Does not matter how great 
of a worship team you have. Maybe a much better piano player. Maybe a, some other instruments. Spice things up a little. Get some maracas or something. Doesn't matter though how great if you don't have a mother. It's important. And let me just give a few reasons. And this is not an exhaustive list for any, any way, shape, or form. But these are just some things I noticed even just this past week in my household. Can I share just a few little things I noticed just this past week as I was paying attention this week? Yes, I know that means most weeks I probably don't pay attention. But this week I was paying a little more attention. And... So if I can share just a few things I noticed as to why a mother's importance, why her presence, just the mere presence of a mother is so important. Are you ready? Number one, because a mother's presence calms everything down. See, I've come to notice if it's just me, and my children, things escalate. Then a few moments later, they're going to escalate higher. A few moments later, they're going to escalate higher. Shortly after that, things are going to get escalated really high. Until either one, daddy blows, or the children blow, but somebody's going to blow up. Come on, don't all you look at me like if you're holier than thou. Come on. But somehow when mama walks into the room, things tend to de-escalate. Things seem to somehow calm down. I try to even watch to see how it does and, and to see if I can mimic and copycat that talent. Come to realize this week that particular talent is out of my reach. Maybe I can pray more for it, but as of right now, anyways. So why is a mother's presence so important? Because it calms. Another thing I've, I've come to notice about the, the, the simply having the presence of a mother is that the presence of a mother teaches. I wish I could stand here and say to you that as a pastor of this church, I am one of the greatest teachers who ever was. That the Lord has anointed me to teach. And he has. But somehow when it comes to my own children, that, that anointing seemed to bypass 
me just lightly. But somehow when Mama walks into the room, all of a sudden, everyone listens. And everyone somehow seems to understand, even though Mama says the exact same thing Daddy says. People don't understand Daddy, but people understand Mama. The importance of a mother's presence. I also noticed this week, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but I also noticed this week the importance of a mother's presence is that a mother's presence just seems to soothe the soul. Just seems to soothe everybody. Because when mama comes home, all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. When mom comes home, the atmosphere is different. Everyone is just a lot more chill and laid back because they know things are going to be taken care of. When dad's in charge, the question is, what's going to be for dinner? I'm, I'm really nervous. Is there going to be that fried brick you made last time? Or? I'm really nervous. When, dad, when dad's home with the kids by himself, the question is, I'm a little anxious. What's dad going to make me do? Do I have to mow the grass? Or what's going to be my chore list? I know it's going to be a lot heavier lifting than the mom, mom gives me a chore list. Because dad has a whole lot of bricks outside that need to be moved. Really for no reason whatsoever, just because I want to see you move bricks. But But you see, when mom's home, they, they know that that chore is not going to be, you know. Because the question would be asked first, why are you moving bricks? Well, I don't know. Well, then don't do it. So the atmosphere is a lot more... i got to get back to my point. But you see, the importance of a mother's presence. Luke realized that the church could not have been birthed, could not have succeeded the way it had without a mother's presence. Let me say that again. The church could not have been built up without a mother's presence. That's why it was so important to Jesus when he was even on his way to his own death. It was so, so important that Jesus stopped for even just a second, just a moment that he could before another whip smacked him on his back. But Jesus 
just for that extra second, knew he had to stop right when he got to his mother to say, Mom, John, see your mom. Mom, see your son. Because mom, I know you can't go without a son to take care of. Mom, I know you can't go without a child to mother. Come on, moms, I'm talking to somebody in this house this morning. Y'all, 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 all of your moms looking at me saying, you know what? My, my kids are all gone and grown and they're raised and they're doing their own thing. But moms, I know when God has anointed you as a mother, he does not stop just when your kids leave the nest. <laughs> Hallelujah. That anointing is still the anointing. That he, when he anointed you a mom, he's given you that gift all the way until the end of time. You are anointed to be a mother. You are anointed to raise raise up the young. You are anointed to raise up the church. You are anointed to raise up the people of God. You are a mother. Don't ever let the devil tell you otherwise. You are anointed as a mother. Hallelujah. Take the gift of God. Take the anointing of God and begin to walk and run in the anointing and calling that God has put upon you. Come on, mom. It's time to raise up and be a mom once again in the house of God. Is that a little too harsh? I'm going to get a little bit more, a little more loving. Okay, I'm going to get loving. Everybody here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be loving. I promise, I'll be loving. Because he said it's so important that you have a mom. Because the mom, in the midst of that prayer meeting, I mean, you have to think about it. You have people like Peter. Think about it. You have somebody like Peter who was so bold and brazen right in front of the Roman soldiers and everything. He stole one of their swords just to chop off a servant's ear. Knowing that if if the Roman soldiers got a hold of his arm, That was it. He was gone. He was done. He was... But this man, Peter, didn't care. This man, Peter, is so brazen and so bold. He said, even when the Lord himself spoke to him and said, do not be afraid. And Peter looks dead eye in the Lord and says, if that is you, Jesus, then tell me to come to you. You don't think that man could have gotten through any arguments with James in the middle of a prayer meeting? No, James, you gotta pray more this way. James, you're praying wrong. James, we can't sing out of the old red back hymna. Come on, we gotta sing something new. Don't you remember what David said? Singing to the Lord a new song. So sing something new. Meanwhile, you got James over there. There ain't nothing wrong with little tradition. There ain't nothing wrong with the church just being the church. Can you imagine how many fights were broken on that prayer meeting? Can you imagine how many disagreements, how many arguments could have broken out? The whole entire birth of the church could have been paused, could have been delayed, maybe even possibly derailed. 
if it wasn't for a mother's presence, soothing the atmosphere. If it wasn't for a mother's presence, calming all of the wild behaviors of crazy men. If it wasn't for a mama to make sure the wild boys are staying on track. If it wasn't for mama saying, I know y'all just want to get out there at that Pentecost party, but keep praying to the morning. Pray all night if you have to. Son, it's time to stop going your own way. Son, it's time to stop doing your own thing. Son, it's time to stop just praying for your own needs. Come on, it's time to, it's, it's, it's time to, start, to start interceding. It's time to start really seeking God. Come on, it's, it's time. Son, come on, get back on track. Son, let's go. Let's stop this. Stop this bad behavior. Luke's was so important that he called Mary by name and said, Mary, the mother of Jesus was there. Mom, can I get her to horse one more time? Just help me. Let me just one more time. Mom, when was the last prayer meeting you were in? Mom, when was the last extra praise service you went to? Extra Bible study? Mom, I'm calling you not just to be the mother to your family, but to use the gift and calling of God to mother the church, to see the church rise once again in the power of the Spirit. Because here's the conclusion. Are you ready? I'm going to close. Are you ready? We are told that almost 500 people were there when Jesus ascended. Jesus gave those last words of instruction. He said, go, tarry in Jerusalem. Pray, seek my face. But yet somehow, Remember, Pentecost, 50 days. Pentecost was 50 days from the day Jesus rose from the dead to the day of Pentecost, 50 days. Acts chapter 1 tells us he was with them for 40 days, teaching, preaching. On the 40th day is when he ascended. That means that there was only 10 days are you all with me doing the math? Am I doing correct math, Mama? Correct math, 50 minus 40, 10 left. That means in 10 days, they went into an upper room. They began to pray. Mama had to keep the peace for 10 days. Keep them on track for 10 days. 
our mama. If you are here today and you think that you have been a failure to your children, you think that you've been a failure to your family, you've been a failure to the church, even Mary, the mother of Jesus, couldn't keep 500 people focused on God for 10 days. Because the Bible tells us that when the day of Pentecost was come, there was only around maybe 200 left. Wait a minute. 500. 500 saw Jesus literally rise up in the Shekinah cloud. The glory cloud. But yet only 200 could keep track. Only 200 could stay focused for 10 days. 50 minus 40 for 10 days. That's all they had to do was stay focused for 10 days. So if you came to this house today and you think that you are a failure, You've messed up. You didn't succeed. I want to tell you right now, Mom, not even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was able to keep 500 folks in line for 10 days. But that's okay. Because even the 200 she kept in line, the 200 that Mama kept on track, the 200 that Mama was able to still keep in that upper room praying, fasting, seeking God. It was with those 200 and herself included. Because guess what? When the day of Pentecost was further come, and suddenly there came a sound like as a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were gathered together. And on their heads were sitting cloven tongues like an as a fire. And they all began to speak with new tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance as they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, moms right here watching me, listening to me, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in that room. She was there when the outpouring came. She was there when the infilling showed up. She was there when the power of God took over the house. She was there and all that she kept, all that she maintained in that upper room, they all received the power of the Holy Ghost. Mom, don't you be ashamed of what you lost. I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is still anointing you and the Holy Ghost is still causing you to bring about a fresh, new outpouring of the Holy Ghost on your children, on your family in this new day. Somebody give God praise. Mom, you are anointed today. I was going to close in Proverbs 31. Sister Karen stole my thunder with that one. But Proverbs 
I'm sorry, that was another pastoral humor right there. <laughs> sorry. Pastor jokes are never that good, actually. But, <clears throat> but I'm going to do it anyways. So Proverbs 31. <laughs> but as I read these words, moms, I want you to listen to them. Because you're probably looking at me saying, Pastor, how do I, what, 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 what is this anointing that you say that I have? What does this anointing look like? How am I anointed? And as I read these words, I want you to begin to right now claim each one of these as yours. I want you to begin to claim these, declare these. This is your anointing. This is your empowering that the Holy Spirit is even right now giving to you. So I want to begin reading. And I want to begin reading with verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Just declare that right now, moms, all over this house. I am more price, I am more pricely than even all the rubies. I am a virtuous woman. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he should have no need. Of spoil. Declare that, moms, right now. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed to have no need of spoil in my house. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Just declare that I am anointed to do good to my family. I am anointed to do good to my husband. Hallelujah. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. Just begin to declare that, Lord, I am anointed to do with my hands. I am anointed to work with my hands. You anointed my hands to work. You anointed my hands to make. You anointed my hands to build. You anoint my hands to do things. Hallelujah. <clears throat> she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Hallelujah. Come on, it's been declared that I am anointed to provide food. Hallelujah. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers the field and buys it. I want you to declare that right now as a mom. Say, I am anointed to buy. Right now, moms, ooh, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Moms, the Holy Ghost is about to anoint you to buy. He's about to open up your purse strings to be able to purchase things. Hallelujah. He's about to anoint you to begin to purchase things that you could, that you thought you had to have other people to help you with. But God's about to use you to buy for your family. About to use you to buy, uh, to, to give to your children and your grandchildren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> she girds her loins with strength. And strengthens her arms. Yes, you are anointed with strength this morning, mom. 
She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goes not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands to the, uh, they hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. Oh, come on, let's begin to declare that I am anointed to give even to the poor. I am anointed to reach out to the needy. I am anointed to help those who need help. Hallelujah. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. Hallelujah. Moms, though you are anointed not to fear. For God has not given you a spirit to fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. You are anointed not to fear, mothers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is like silk and purple. In other words, moms, you are about to change your wardrobe. Shut up. Hallelujah. Moms, you are about to, I'm not talking about physical wardrobe. I'm talking about you are about to have a change of a spiritual wardrobe. You're about to be wearing some purple that, that represents kingliness, that represents authority. You're about to take on silk, which represents purity and righteousness. Moms, you are anointed with a new apparel. You are anointed with a new garment of holiness, a new garment of righteousness. Moms, you are not somebody. Hallelujah. There's somebody hearing this tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Her husband is known in the gates even when he sits among the elders of the land. Hallelujah. Moms, you are about to make your husbands look good. Come on, moms. You are about to make your husbands look good. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers goods unto the merchant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Come on, just declare that right now, moms. I walk in joy. I walk in joy. Hallelujah. I'm going to rejoice in times yet to come. Hallelujah. I'm not going to live in depression. God has not anointed me a mother to be depressed. God has not anointed me as a mother to be shamed. God has not, oh, shut up. God has anointed you moms to walk in joy every day. Somebody needs to hear this. Hallelujah. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Hallelujah. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Moms, God is about to give you new words to begin to say, new words to begin to speak. Hallelujah. People are going to begin to look at you as though you are wise beyond your years. Moms, receive that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is about to anoint you. Hallelujah. With uh, words of wisdom. She looks well to the ways of a household and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Come on, moms, I'm about to tell you, your children are about to come back. Your children who may have wandered off, they're about to come back. And when they do, they're going to come back and call you blessed. They're about to, even all those children who said bad things about you, mom, they're about to come back and all of them declare how good you are. They're about to declare how wonderful you are. They're about to speak about the anointing they see on your life. They're about to speak about the glory of God they see hovering over you. They're about to speak about the power of the Holy Ghost that they see arising up within 
in you. Your children are about to come from afar and call you blessed. Hallelujah. 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 Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Oh, I'm about to prophesy verse 31 over your life. I want you to read that one more time. Give her of the fruit of her hands. I'm about to prophesy over you right now. You've been doing, 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 doing. You've been trying to serve the Lord. You've been trying to do right by God. You've been trying to do right by your children. You're trying to do right by your household. You've been trying and trying and trying and trying. And you feel like all the things that you're doing, Mom, is just never enough. You feel like all the things that you are doing, this doesn't seem to be successful. But I'm about to tell you that the fruit of your hands is about to come into fruition. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, moms, that you're about to see a harvest from the fruit of your hands. You're about to see a harvest come. You're about to see a reward come. You're about to see the manifestations of your prayers come true. Hallelujah. Somebody, you're going to receive this anointing this morning. This See the word, the fruit of your hands are coming due now in Jesus' name over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And her own works is going to praise her in the gate. The gate, the place of authority. The gate, the place of dominion. The gate, the place of power. Moms, God has anointed you. The Holy Spirit just gave me one more word for you all. I didn't plan this, but this is the Holy Spirit speaking right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moms, I want you to hear this word right now. Because this is the word of the Lord over your life. Psalms 92. But my horn, shall you exalt like the horn of a unicorn? I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Can I read that again? But my horn, mom, this is, this is a prophetic word for you. But my horn, in other words, the, 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 the thing of your authority, my horn shall you exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Right now. Moms, you just begin to declare that right now. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Come on, moms, all across this room right now. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. 
fresh oil. There's a fresh oil. There's a fresh anointing. Moms, can you stand in this house? I want to pray a special prayer over you right now. Every mother right now in attendance, can you just stand in this house? Give me some music, please, sound man. Hallelujah. I even want to pray this over all of you moms watching me on Facebook. All of you moms, I want to pray this right now over you. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I prophesy over each mother standing here in this house that, Lord, you will anoint them with fresh oil, that, Lord, you will raise them up to be women of great power, for, Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, now, come in like a rushing wind. Come in like a rushing flood. And begin to overcome every mother that is here in this house. Begin to saturate every mom in this house with your glory, with your anointing, with the fresh oil from heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Touch each mother in this house this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray right now that your church will experience a new revival because of the mother's anointing. Because of the mother's anointing. Pray a new mother's anointing right now for every mom in this house. A new mother's anointing over every mom. Now, if you are a mom in this house, just with your head bowed, eyes closed, hear what the Lord, hear, hear what the Lord is saying. He's saying, I have anointed you with fresh oil. You have no need to be ashamed. about to overflow with fresh oil. Your cup runneth over. Your cup is about to run over. Your cup is about to run over. Yea, though you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, your cup is about to run over. Your cup is about to run over. There's about to be a greater anointing. There's about to be that fresh oil. You're about to experience a running over, a running over. Of running over. Oh, shata da da shata. Hallelujah. Come on, mom. Receive that word right now over your life. Receive it for your family. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it.
to each mom here in this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Before you go, I want to say this. Just as in Acts chapter 1, we saw that there was 10 days. Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says that Jesus was with them for 40 days. Pentecost was 50 days. Which means Jesus left them 10 days between the day that he ascended to the day of Pentecost. There was 10 days. And in those 10 days, Jesus said, for those 10 days, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem. Tarry in the upper room for those 10 days in prayer, fasting, supplication. You know, fasting was involved because of Pentecost. The Feast of Shavuot requires fasting just before the holiday. So the Jews would have fasted and prayed. So for 10 days, they were in that upper room fasting and praying. I am believing God, church. Like I said before, we are having a guest speaker on Pentecost Sunday, which is uh, uh, May 23rd. I am calling this church, I am calling this church to prayer and fasting starting May the 13th to fast for 10 days. 10 days of prayer and fasting. 10 days. Now I know for 300 folks it was too much. 10 days was too difficult. But I don't believe the spirit of those 300 are on you in this church this morning. I believe God has empowered you to be able to do 10 days of prayer and fasting. So I am calling this church the 10 days, starting May 13th through Pentecost Sunday. And here's what I'm believing. For those 200 that remained in prayer and fasting for 10 days, well, you know what happened after that. Acts chapter 2 happened. And suddenly, there came a sound like of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house. Suddenly, cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon them. Suddenly, they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm believing for this Pentecost Sunday. We are going to see cloven tongues like as a fire. I'm believing this Pentecost Sunday, we are going to see a move of the Holy Spirit that is going to shake all of Allegan County to its very foundation. I believe this Pentecost Sunday, we are going to see a move of God like never before. I thank God for Azusa Street, but a greater thing is about to happen this Pentecost Sunday. Hallelujah. But I'm going to challenge us and ask us, will you fast and pray for 10 days? 10 days. Thank you.
120, you're right, 120. Yep, I guess I'm saying 200, didn't I? When the wind and the storm is a little bit stronger. 